Welcome into the His and Hers podcast. I'm Zach Bennett alongside my sister Paige and Christmas is tomorrow. The best week of the year is finally here. We got a tease, a little tease this Thursday, but tomorrow or if you're listening it to today is finally here. Week one of the 2022 NFL season is upon us and we give our predictions on what we think can happen for the games. Kind of talk about the hot uh, button issues and dive into what happened on Thursday night between the Bills and the Rams. That is all covered here on this episode of the His and Hers podcast. Let's get into it. The Bills will win the Super Bowl and the Rams are toast. They stink. Get them off my TV. Never want to see them again. <laughs> Matthew Stafford only throws a Cooper Cup. They can't block a nosebleed. Those are just some of the examples. Josh Allen will win MVP. Have I hit all the hot button takes, Paige? Yeah, football is back, baby. And boy, was that an interesting game on Thursday night. Um, I think that everyone, you know, the biggest conversation going into Thursday is are the Bills being overhyped? Like, they're not going to be able to live up to these expectations. The Rams just won the Super Bowl. The flag's coming down. They're like they're at home. Sean McVay, Sean McVay's never lost a home opener. So everyone's saying, you know, I think the Bills are being too hyped. And then lo and behold, I mean, going into halftime, it was 10-10. And you would have thought that the Bills were up by 21 at halftime. Like you, it was clear who the dominant team was on that field. And from start to finish, even with four turnovers, the Buffalo Bills are a force to be reckoned with. And if they play that well with four tor- turnovers, I'm scared for teams to have to play them when they don't turn over the ball that much. Yeah, it was interesting. I think one of the things that always kind of uh, that I take away from it is when a when a player kind of enters into a different realm of of confidence. Like it's not even you know all the guys at that level have physical tools some obviously are superior to others right not many people have the speed of Lamar or you know Cam in his prime the size or the arm of Mahomes but they're all really talented but it's amazing to see a player who has that skill set take not just the next step in what they're doing because Josh Allen did a lot of that last year but more of just like I'm the dude I am him and I'm gonna dominate um, the game and and you could just tell from the beginning of the, the game he, he there's something that clicked at the end of last year there's and that fire that is probably burning still very very deep from that fatal like disastrous ending of a playoff game in, in Kansas City I mean Josh Allen looked possessed you could tell it meant a lot to him and I just think that we're about to see if 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 Thursday night maybe you know it sounds maybe a little hot takeish but if Thursday night's any indication, I think we're about to be, see a very special one-of-one season from Josh Allen this year. I think so, too. I mean, Bill's Mafia has got to be excited by what they saw on Thursday. I think, obvious. I mean, it was just amazing to see both offensively and defensively. I don't know if I – it's been a long time since I've seen a team that felt that complete on both sides of the ball. It was like the offense turns over the ball and the defense is right there like, it's okay, we got you. Von Miller goes in and gets a sack. Like, Von Miller was incredible. Their entire defensive and offensive performance was just so exciting, and there's just a lot of excitement to have for the entire team. But Josh Allen, let's talk a little bit more about him. Obviously an insane game for him, an insane player, and really separating himself from 
good quarterback to one of the greats. And there's a couple times in that game though, that I was cringing where I'm like, Josh, don't run like that. Like it's a little bit scary watching him sometimes the way that he'll just take hits and run through people because you mean it's just the worst thing that can happen is to have someone be injured. And so it's funny to be watching the game and being so impressed by Josh Allen's like athleticism and the decisions he's making, but also at the same time cringing a little bit because you're like, dude, do not get hurt. Like don't hurt yourself by trying too hard in some scenarios. Yeah. It's interesting. He finished the night 26 for 31, 80, almost 84% completion percentage, the highest of any of his games, Uh, three touchdowns, two interceptions. One of them hard to put on him. The second one was a bad late throw. Uh, he then had 10 rushing rush attempts for 56 yards, one touchdown. So he counted for four touchdowns on Thursday night, a terrific start to the season. But it was there's a portion of the game when he got a guy like Josh Allen, just a big physical dude who can run the ball when they were putting putting the game into their hands and kind of going away with it in the second half. That it's acceptable. You know what he's trying to do. He's trying to win a football game. It was weird to see him. Not him do it because he's such a psycho competitor. So of course he's going to do it when he ran the ball when they were up three scores already in there in the in the uh, Patriots red zone. It was weird the coaches allowed it to be a thing. Like I can't believe that Shog McDermott. Obviously they have the headset. They hear all the play calls. Did automatically veto any type of option, run option play because you got Josh on a quarterback. He's going to run the football. So I was actually kind of surprised that they even allowed it. Cause I agree with you. There were some moments like, okay. And Chris Collins were sitting on the broadcast of like, I mean, I don't know exactly why you're letting your franchise quarterback <laughs> run. This game's already uh, put away. But that was a really good point. You know, my main takeaway though, was I don't think it necessarily was Super Bowl hangover from the Rams, maybe a little bit, but more of that offensive line kind of got overwhelmed Seven sacks, the Bills blitzed twice. Kind of scary if you're looking at the rest of the season. And if you look at who's in their division, which we covered a couple episodes ago, that might be a bigger issue than we initially thought. Yeah, and I mean, it was, especially on that left side, like Stafford didn't have any help. Like he was just, and just like there's just issues with Stafford too. Like you can just tell that that arm doesn't feel right. He was throwing differently and you could just tell that there is that surgery he had this off season. I just, is he fully recovered? Is he fully healthy? I mean, I don't think that Sean McVay would put him on the field, not being healthy, but it was just a different Matthew Stafford than we have grown accustomed to seeing over the past season. And so I have questions about Matthew Stafford's health. His throws were weird, but yeah, that offensive line was given doing him no favors at all. Um, Cam Akers didn't even show up. Uh, three carries. You know that. You know that yards. personally. You know that personally. Screwed me over in my fantasy league this week, and so <laughs> I don't know. I, that's probably just a little bit bitter feelings there. But yeah, that the the offensive line that was not. I, I wasn't expecting it to be that bad. Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how both the teams respond going into next week. Obviously, the Bills are going to be euphoria. They play next Monday night against the Tennessee Titans at home, the home opener for them. That place is going to be electric. The Rams have an opportunity to kind of pick up the pieces. They play at home again against the Atlanta Falcons. So probably a good bounce bounce back, probably going to be a good performance by them. But you look at their division with – 
the you know namely to me the San Francisco 49ers when they have Joey Bosa uh coming I always get confused no they have Nick Bosa on the Niners the, like the two brothers being in the league it's kind of confusing Nick Bosa is the one that's on the Niners having him coming off the edge and the and kind of the rotational pieces they have in San Francisco it just makes me question not that Stafford, there are questions there, but he went through an entirety of last year apparently with the same issues, so obviously he can't perform. But if he can't be protected, then it doesn't really matter what happens, right? Yeah. Um, they need to have Van Jefferson back because Cooper Cup can't do it all on his own, had 13 receptions on Thursday night. Allen Robinson's got to build that chemistry with, with Matthew Stafford. So I think they'll be fine. I don't want to yeah. overreact to it, but unless they get the offensive line figured out, it's going to be very hard for them to make a deep playoff run with the tandem of pass rushers that exist in the NFC. Yeah. It's always easy after week one to kind of like when your team gets blown out or when you see a team get blown out to be like, Oh, well, they're going to suck this season. But we have to remind ourselves that last year, the bills and the Packers got blown out in week one, and then they both went on to the playoffs. And so it's, it's hard not to overreact to week one, but it's also like, I truly believe the Rams are going to be fine. I think one of the biggest things too, is that I just feel like that that was just a, as from athleticism point, obviously, but also from a coaching perspective, Sean McDermott and his staff and his team seem to be so much better prepared to take on the Rams than the Rams were to take on the bills. Even from like the way that the offense was running, like they didn't even give Aaron Donald like a chance. Like he got, he got through and got a sack, but they weren't giving Aaron Donald the chances that he normally has because Josh Allen was dropping those passes so quickly that the D line didn't even have time to react in a way that they traditionally would. And so it was just like the strategy from the bills was so perfectly paired for the Rams. And so I think that the whole entire coaching staff of the Rams are definitely going to learn from this and, become better and it'll be they'll be fine going on the rest of the season I still think that they'll make the playoffs but it was just really interesting it felt like every single weakness that the Rams has got exposed on Thursday night yeah and it's actually interesting that you bring that up about like the coaching staff uh with Brian Cable, you know he was he was a coordinator brought in really unlocked Josh Allen going uh going into his third season that you know kind of elevated into what we're seeing today and a big question was okay we've only seen josh allen be successful with brian dayball is that a brian dayball thing or is it a you know josh allen thing and you know that their marriage kind of being important for both of them so ken dorsey stepped in first time offensive coordinator this year we covered that in our preview pod uh if you're a bills fan you got to be excited that offense looked dynamic and you know you mentioned this at the beginning but four turnovers and they still won by 21 points i mean and two of those turnovers were in the rams territory this game could have been a lot worse this game could have been a lot worse uh and, and so if you're a bills fan you're looking at it for that first showing for that first opportunity great job by the offense obviously clean up small little things but here's the big thing is okay you had you know he was hired in february he had seven months to prepare for this five, six months. If you want to talk about when the schedule came out now, what do you do in a week? How quickly do you flip the switch and see what the Titans do tomorrow or today and flip it to have a game plan ready for six days away? Oh, they play Monday night. So you still get a week. 
and then talk about the you know uh, like their like you could tell the differences. So that, that's kind of where the Super Bowl hangover. You think about how the Rams season ended, ended in confetti, parade, partying, nothing but love. The Bills, they've been stewing since late January about 13 seconds. About 13 seconds changed the dynamic of their season and ended their season prematurely. And I think, like you mentioned, that's probably to me where you see the difference of the Bills being ready for the Rams and the Rams not really being ready for the Bills because ones were popping champagne and the other one were just sitting with rocks in their stomachs, just so mad about how it transpired at the end of the season. Yeah, so. I think also it's all, something else that I was thinking about is uh, you can just see how much the Rams are missing OBJ. I mean, yeah. I mean, in that Super Bowl, OBG, OBJ did like so much for that team. They wouldn't have the Super Bowl championship without Odell Beckham Jr. Right. And so obviously it's just like looking at him being there um, on the sidelines, not not suited up and just thinking um, this guy needs to get back on the field if they – if they want to, because Cooper Cup just didn't, if, without having another threat there, obviously you kind of mentioned that Allen Robinson and Stafford don't seem to kind of be in a flow yet in a sink. Um, it's just so easy to narrow in on one receiver if you don't have any other options. And the Bills showed us that, like Cooper Cup was not uh, at the caliber that we were used to seeing him last year. Yeah. And, and I mean, that start is important for the Bills because um, you look at the rest of their, you know, they, the first five of the first seven games were for former playoff teams. So they got the Titans and then they go into week three against the Dolphins week four, you know, they play trying to find it real quick, the Ravens. So it was important for them to get off that quick start at, you know, on the road because they didn't want to, you know, bog down past failures and then continue that trend downward. But instead they get a real high note. So I think OBJ will be back with the Rams, but he was tweeting at Von Miller um, about <laughs> Bills Mafia. So yeah, well, I'm sure he's looking over at that other sideline, thinking um, I might be able to get my uh, second Super Bowl ring in two years if I if I just go over there. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Is he tore his AC, he tore his ACL in February, obviously with the Super Bowl. So truly, like if you're him, why wouldn't you just kind of wait around? Like last year, not that he was a free agent, but he was you know released by the Browns and. I was able to sign on with the Rams who at that time were, you know, in contention for the number one seed. Why wouldn't you kind of just do the same thing? Get two rings in a year, wait till about November, get fully healthy, look around at who's competing and who you could add a little flavor to. Like, why not? I, Because I, what if the Rams stink? You know, yeah. I'm not saying that they will, but what if Arizona takes a step, the Niners are there and all of a sudden you're like, why did I sign with the Rams? We're terrible. They were I'm not saying. even in the playoffs this year. So, That's yeah. I'm I think saying. Wait around to the Vikings. You know what I mean? <laughs> step, in, step in there for old Vikings. That's right. Um, well, I'm sure that we'll be talking a ton more about the both the Bills and the Rams throughout the rest of the season. But a really fun game on Thursday night. Kind of looking forward to Sunday. Um, just so excited for football to be back. The first full suite of games. The first day of the year where we get to just watch football all day long. Um, so Zach running through the schedule, we've got in the morning slot, we've got Eagles, Lions, 49ers, Bears, Steelers and the Bengals, Patriots and the Dolphins, Browns and the Panthers, Colts and the Texans, Saints and the Falcons, Ravens and the Jets, Jaguars and Commanders, 
it's a full suite uh, right at the 11 o'clock mountain time slot. Um, in the afternoon, we've got our Vikings taking on the Packers and the Giants with the Titans, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, Cardinals. And then the Sunday night game is the Bucks at the Cowboys and Broncos versus Seahawks on Monday. So that's kind of the full suite of games that we have coming up over the next 48 hours. Zach, what teams, what games are you most excited for about this weekend? Well, obviously I could say the Packers Vikings, because like truly that's the one that I am most excited for. But I think one that intrigues me a lot is the Browns and Panthers. I think obviously for a myriad of storylines and the second one would be the Chiefs at the Cardinals. But I love the Browns at the Panthers because I think it's two teams that both know they have to do something this year. Mm -hmm. uh, Panthers with Matt Rule, we discussed it a lot, but they have to get something put together, and Baker has to get something put together for his own career. So I think it's a head coach and a quarterback knowing that, hey, we got to make this happen together or else we'll both won't have another, you know, another opportunity more than likely. So the Browns come in at minus four and a half favorites in Carolina. So – uh, obviously, the, the Panthers not being thought of very much. Um, the the over over under is at forty two and a half, so they expect it to be a pretty low scoring affair. The second lowest of the weekend. I'm just excited to see Baker Mayfield compete. I'm excited to see him play against his former team. Like just the chances of how all this came together, and obviously when they met when they made the schedule that they the trade wasn't official but there was a lot of smoke and and like rumors around it so i think the schedule makers were thinking this probably is going to happen but the fact that we have this is the first game for baker mayfield is just nuts to me it's kind of like the same way of denver and seattle obviously they knew that trade had happened already so that was planned for monday night but the fact that we get these two revenge games first first week is really exciting i'm a baker guy i think baker could be a really quality starting quarterback so i'm excited to watch him play in this game yeah i'm really excited about that game too also i don't know i'm like just intrigued by the whole storyline but just excited to see if baker has matured the way that we think he has matured and if this experience is going to kind of propel him forward to take that next step into being a franchise qb uh, over in Carolina. For sure. Um, Kansas City at the Cardinals is a pretty intriguing one. That's a late window game paired with the CBS game going against the, the Packers and the Vikings. What do you think of the Chiefs uh, Cardinals where that game kind of sits? It should be a lot of points. I, I would hammer the over if, if I were in that situation. Yeah, I I'm gonna go with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on this one. I think that it's I think that it's gonna be like a fun game, but I just kind of think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are going to take the edge on Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. So I'm, I just, I don't know if Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury could ever out coach Andy Reid. So I just don't see them winning. <laughs> oh, it's interesting. So Patrick Mahomes was 4 0 in uh, week ones. So, and, and this kind of is a, like a general theme when you talk about coaching and Andy Reid. You know, Andy Reid's record at a bot after, like, uh, after bye weeks is, I think, above 800%, like 800. Like, it's just he wins. It's almost a sure thing. And in week ones, they've won their last seven week one games. Uh, and that was back in the Alex Smith era. Not only are they four and own week ones, but they have scored over 36 points per game uh, in week ones with, with Patrick Mahomes at the starter. So the last four years. So time 
And Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, the combination of those three makes for a game that is surely going to have a ton of fireworks. Yeah, I think that's going to be a great game. One game I'm really excited. I've got two games that I'm really excited about that you haven't mentioned. The first being the Steelers-Bengals. Obviously, divisional game. We love Joe Burrow. Everyone, I mean, there's so much chirping going on with the whole Super Bowl hangover that the Cincinnati Bengals kind of went farther than they probably ever should have last year, that they're not going to be able to do it again. So many people saying along those lines. So I'm just excited for Joe Burrow to get out there. Um, and just kind of cement in everyone's minds that, no, he is a legit QB in the NFL and just have some fun with Jamar Chase. And so I'm excited to see that game, especially being at divisional. Um, another game is just 49ers Bears and not because of the matchup, but because I just we got to see Trey Lance like it's just truly mind blowing when you think about the trust that Kyle Shanahan is putting into a QB that from all intensive purposes has very few experience in college or NFL games. And he is benching Jimmy Garoppolo commit. He has a super bowl caliber team and is 100% in on Trey Lance. So I just, I have to see Trey Lance. I got to see him play and I just want to see what it's going to look like. Yeah, we've got we got a little taste of it last year, but obviously anytime it's as a rookie, you just, you don't really know. Um, what that really means for them in the long run. So I think that one definitely is intriguing. I am excited to see the Bengals. You know, last year when Joe Burrow was still recovering from his ACL, there was a lot of focus on feeding Joe Mixon, making sure he was getting his touches and and kind of playing the old school type of way. When they started opening up the offense and really let the ball go down the field to Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, that's where you started to see the, you know, beating the Chiefs, in the regular season by scoring 40 points and the Ravens beating them down. So are they going to start conservative again? Cause it's zero zero. They don't, you know, they're not just going for it to hopefully make the playoffs. Um, you know, it'll be kind of interesting to see how they attack and if they let that, you know, the hangover get to them. And I honestly, I don't know if it's just cause I hate the bears so much. And I think they're a terrible around franchise. And I think Matt Nagy was a terrible coach for some reason. A part of me thinks that Mitchell Trubisky can be good. And, that the Steelers might be a perfect spot for him, but he's in a difficult position because no matter how good he does and let in consideration for him, all those people with the love they have for Kenny Pickett are just going to see Kenny Pickett. Like it just stinks for him. Like he could have him four and one, four and two, and they're still going to be like, and it'd be nice to have Kenny Pickett out there. We'd probably be five and one right now. Yeah. So he's kind of in a tough position. Both of those, I uh, just want to give out those lines real quick. So to see where Vegas has both of these. Steelers or Bengals, it's in Cincinnati. Bengals are minus six and a half right now. So they're given a touchdown. So they think I honestly would be pretty interested in uh, taking the Steelers on that. And then the Chiefs are minus uh, six and a half as well on the road, which is pretty crazy. You don't see that very much. So good to be very interesting. What is like your kind of upset pick? Like if you're looking at that schedule and you're viewing a team that right now is an underdog or you've heard chatter being an underdog, what's one that would win and, and what's going to catch people by surprise? There's always that one week, one game, you know, like you said last year, the Saints blew the doors off the Packers. A year before that, the Jaguars, the one in fifteen at the end of the year, Jaguars beat the eleven five Colts. So it's it definitely will happen. What's the one that will catch people this year? I'm taking the Lions on this one. What? I think, <laughs> I think that 
I don't know. I just think that everybody believes in Dan Campbell, even people who don't know Dan Campbell yet. Like they'll believe in him. Like that guy just has people behind him. I think they've got some fun talent there. And I think after the really like rough season that that team had last year, I just think they're going to come out against the Eagles and just be ready to play some football. And I think they're going to play really hard. Um, and so I just don't know if the Eagles will be completely ready for uh, what the Lions are going to have. So I'm going to take the Lions. I think it's a fun little bet to just bet on the Lions in this one. Yeah, they uh, right now the Eagles are minus four and a half favorites in Detroit. Detroit, the full Ford Field is sold out. But to do my best, Dan Campbell impersonation. Come on, man. You know, man, we got to got to get out there and, and kick some ass, man. You know, man, <laughs> we really got to. Gotta have the grip, man. Like he just says, man, every five seconds. And I just, I can really get behind a guy uh, <laughs> with that type of just love for his men. You know, anytime a football coach is willing to cry, that's when you know you got the winner. At <laughs> that's hand. when you know he's dedicated to your success. He is. Um, and obviously, the Eagles, I mean, it'd be very interesting to see the Eagles. Obviously, they made that big trade for AJ Brown. They've been starting to get some love about. You know, because as we talked before, there's been no repeat champion in the AFC East for a very, very long time. So they're kind of being picked as a team who's going to win it this year and have a successful season. So it'll be very interesting to see. But I, 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 I could get behind that one. For me, if I'm looking at um, I where was the one? I just passed it. The Lions were one of my picks, um, but where was it at? The Vikings at the Packers. And not that it won't, it maybe won't shock people. Um, there's some people picking the Vikings as um, as some favorites. And, I, and I'm trying to take the bias out of it. You will find people who are picking the Vikings all, the, you know, in different areas. So I'm not just picking someone out of my, out of my butt. Um, the Packers are minus one and a half favorites on the road. So they think they're um, going to beat them in Minnesota. I just think, as we've talked about before, the wide receiver core, if we're going to play the Packers at home, week one's a good time to do it with this receiving core because there's a chance Alan Lazard isn't even going to play. He's a game-time decision. So if that's the case, there's literally no one on the field other than his running backs that are uh, wide receivers that have played with him before. And, I, you know, Rodgers isn't a guy who trusts very easily. So I don't think they build that camaraderie in camp. And there's been quotes by Aaron Rodgers that, kind of stand by that point so i think mm -hmm. that at home in that environment with matt lafleur saying you know referencing that annoying uh horn that goes off i think the vikings get it done and win this game yeah i'm with you there i'm taking the bias out of it too as much as we can but while you're wearing just, a vikings jersey that's yeah. that, that a digs throwback yeah throwback to digs days about five uh, sizes too big <laughs> um but yeah, it's definitely, I just think that one with the, it's kind of the same theory I have with the Lions where it's like, they just have a lot of off season excitement and momentum around them that I think is going to propel the Vikings forward as well. With the Packers, it's been very negative talk and not that that always coincides to poor play, but I think because there's been a lot of like off the field drama in terms of like it's being very clear that Aaron Rodgers has some issues with the receiving that he does have, that he's not happy with it, that he thinks there needs to be improvement. And so I just think that that's going to translate. I think if you have one team coming in, brand new coach, brand new culture, a lot of excitement versus a team that's coming in with a lot of questions, I think that we could just kind of see, okay, like this is going to propel us forward. So I'm taking the Vikings on that one too. 
the one that I'll if you want if you want to put it you know, like say hey you can't choose the Vikings because you just are obsessed with them. Okay. The one that I think would be very interesting right now, the Saints are three and a half point favorites in Atlanta. And there's never been as many home dogs like in a week since like the 1970s. So this is a very strange setup in week one leads to those kind of weird ones. I don't think the Saints are going to be anywhere as good. And if you listen to our preview pods, you would have heard that. So I think this the Falcons in the second year of Arthur Smith, Marcus Mariota quarterback, Kyle Pitts out wide. I think they're going to score a lot of points, and I think they're going to beat down the Saints personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see any reason like why the Saints should be favored in this situation. Um, so I'm going to go with Atlanta to upset the the Saints. And not that, and, you know, I could be wrong about the totality of the season for both sides, but I'm going to go with familiarity versus a new head coach, new regime in place uh, for New Orleans. So I'd be. What, are the, what are the betting odds on that game? So, like I said, the Saints are minus three and a half in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. it's actually moved to minus five and a half. There's been a lot of action actually on the Saints. You know, because there's a lot of prop bets that um, the Atlanta currently has the second best odds for have the worst regular season record at plus 375. While on the flip side, New Orleans is minus 130 to get over eight and a half wins. So Vegas views it as Atlanta's going to be terrible. New Orleans is going to be really good. And a lot of people buying into that action. So um, should be interesting game. But are there any other storylines that you want to cover in week one before we make our pick? No, I mean, I think that the Bucks cowboys game will be exciting Sunday oh, night. Oh, um, that'll, be a good game. that'll be that'll be fun. But I also I'm just excited to see Russell Wilson uh, as a Bronco going up against the Seahawks. I think that'll be a really fun game and just kind of like, I don't know, there's always there's always a lot of talk, but it's it's really interesting when you think about a lot of quarterbacks who've made changes. I mean, obviously the most fresh on our mind is Matthew Stafford going from the Lions to the Rams and winning a Super Bowl. And so I'm just excited to see if this is Russell Wilson's redemption year. Like just it kind of got stale there for a while in Seattle. So I'm just excited him to kind of get back to the Russell Wilson that we were accustomed to a few years ago. Yeah, uh, you know, we view the Russell Wilson thing differently. I don't think the team is necessarily ready to compete in that division. You place them in the AFC South, they probably win the dan- the the thing. So um, it's very interesting to see him in the AFC West because I think they'll be competing with the Raiders for the last spot. But, you know, I could be wrong. And I think week one will be a big, you know, it's kind of good, like the same with Baker. It's good to have that game out of the way because now it's like closing a book and it's not like in week five. And yeah, or the storyline is like it's what everyone's talking about for the next month. It can just be one and done. Yeah, I think that's really important. Um, and then I, I don't know how we didn't talk about the the Bucks and Cowboys. That one's gonna be if it's anything like the opener last year. I mean, it'll be a really good game. So I'm yeah. excited to to watch. I'd be very interested to see if that 11 day absence for Tom Brady did anything to the chemistry of the team, the offense, how it flows. I'm going to say no because he's Tom Brady. I know we all, we're going to have all these questions. Then we're going to watch Tom ba- Brady throw four touchdown passes on Sunday night and be like, all right, nope, he's still Tom Brady. <laughs> but, you know, if it doesn't, first take will lead with that. You know, yeah. Stephen A. Smith will be yelling, he should have taken that time off. You know, yeah. something like that. It, they're going to lose the Super Bowl. He's letting his mama drama onto the field. So, <laughs> Giselle, can't ever trust a woman. They leave, leave you leave you hanging. You know what I mean? So Awesome. Okay, we're going to go to our 60 seconds where we have 60 seconds to pick all of our winners. Zach, you are going to be up first. 
Okay. All right. Tell me when. Go. Bills are going to win. Um, I'm going to go with the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Niners. And then I'm going to take the Bengals at home. I'm going to take the Dolphins over the Patriots. I'm going to take the Panthers over the Browns. The Colts over the Texans. Falcons over the Saints. The Ravens over the Jets. This one is the Commanders, Jaguars. We didn't touch on it. Obviously, a few different interesting storylines in that one, but I think the Jaguars will beat the Washington Commanders. Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson relationship can be great. So I think they take a step in the right direction and beat the Commanders at home. Vikings over the Packers. I think the Titans beat up on the Giants pretty handedly. The Raiders Chargers, we didn't talk about this one. AFC West battle going to be very interesting to see. I think this is a key game moving forward. I'm going to take the Chargers over the Raiders at home. Uh, Chiefs are going to beat the Cardinals. The Bucks are going to beat the Cowboys. And then the Broncos are going to lose to the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. That's right. Geno Smith going to beat his guy, Russell Wilson. And Pete Carroll is going to be chomping that gum. Can't wait for you to be wrong on that one. Um, That was beautiful. (laughs) Perfect. All right. You tell me when to go. Hit it. All right. I've got the Lions over the Eagles. Got the Niners over the Bears. Bengals over the Steelers. Dolphins over the Patriots. Panthers over the Browns. Baker Mayfield is going to win. Colts over the Texans. Saints over the Falcons. Ravens over the Jets. I've also got Jaguars edging out on the Commanders, but I think that's going to be one of the closest games on Sunday. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Vikings over the Packers. Skull. Uh, Giants um, are going to lose to the Titans. Raiders are going to beat the Chargers at home. Chiefs are going to take it over the Cardinals. Bucks are going to beat the Cowboys. And Russell Wilson is going to beat his old team, the Seahawks. So I think we disagree. Did you take the picture of the Dolphins? I couldn't remember. Yeah, I took the Dolphins there. We're disagreed on the Eagles-Lions game. Okay. Um, Disagreed on Saints-Falcons. Okay. Uh, disagreed on Raiders Chargers and Broncos Seahawks and Broncos Seahawks. We have four games. We uh, let's think on it. I want to think on at the end of the season, whoever has the worst record has to do some type of punishment. I don't know what it is. Some type of thing though, for whoever loses in the picks for the year. Yeah, I'm in on that. Next podcast, we'll come back with some. We both will come back with five ideas. And we'll figure it out. We'll have to do. That's right. Decide which one. It'll be good. It'll be good. Well, Christmas Eve is uh, closing. Christmas is now upon us almost. Um, I cannot wait to be sitting watching Scott Harrison bring me into the opening window and be window game can't tell you how happy that makes me that I get to watch the first window of games just on red zone and just bask in the <laughs> glory that is football and not have to immediately stress about the Vikings choking. I know we got we got like 10 games to get through before we have uh, to stress about the Vikings. So it's going to be just one of the day. most beautiful days that I and then the next week we get to watch all of the games because they play on Monday Night Football. So it's just like the setup couldn't be better. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, if there's not anything else, Paige, we'll close it up. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. We're into football season, so let's enjoy it while we have it. Let's go, baby.